Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek, a sixth generation shaman and best-selling author of Spirit Hacking, bridges the gap between science and spirituality and brings us back to our roots. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders, to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. The time has come to end codependency and put the power back into people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. What is the shaman school? No, you're not gonna be studying to pursue a career in shamanism or to bang a drum. The definition of shamanism is one who understands relationship. The shaman school offering reminds you how to have a better relationship with things and how to nurture these relationships, whether it be with yourself, the food you eat, the people you meet, your ancestry, community, the global community, animals, nature, and so forth. My goal is to demystify spirituality, to add a bit of science and understanding of how things operate in the energetic planes. The Shaman School's no-nonsense teaching explores all faculties of experience, from the physical, the emotional range, the mental capacity for information, dialogue, lexicon, energy, perception, awareness, how to understand the energy of currency, and so much more. Fundamental education teaches the basics that we need in society, how to read, write, add, subtract, pay our bills, or how to become doctors, artists, mechanics, etc. But the Shaman School is a school that we all should have been a part of, one that offers the additional tools needed to better understand who we are, why we think the way we do, what's going on behind the scenes, and what we are actually seeing and processing. Are you living well? Are you paying bills just to keep the roof over your head? Are you in a relationship but not fulfilled? Satisfaction cannot be lowered anymore by the inability to recognize possibility. Living well means fulfilling your ideas and your goals and your dreams and having the best time doing it. In the Shaman School, I've extracted the best from all of the world philosophies, religions, spiritual teachings, and theories, offering a juice without pulp that will empower your life. The Shaman School invites you to a world where you're able to seize the tools of understanding, where you're able to have fun and have more because you deserve more. Go to shamandurek.com and click on The Shaman School for the first step toward ultimate happiness and an understanding of your truest self. Let's make things easier and not harder for our life. We deserve that. See you soon. Hey Tribe, so the Tribe wants to hear from you, and I know a lot of you are talented out there in music and poetry and recipes and ideas and just, you know, things that you want to share with the Tribe. You can send that information to info at shamandurek.com and share your gifts with the Tribe. Love you all and stay lit. Hey Tribe, we're going to take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors who is Lit Verified. The Lit Verified store is open. But what does Lit Verified mean? Lit Verified is an acknowledgement and stamp of approval by the tribe. I have tried each of these products and they are the best. 
Lit Verified products vary from beauty, technology, clothing, food, health, and wellness, and anything that is ethically sourced, organic, maintained, and sustainable. Not every product offered to the team passes the Lit Verified test. No, not at all. Every Lit Verified product is carefully researched, every CEO has been met with, every ingredient carefully looked into, the process, production of all of it. I have seen the impact these vendors are making. Their vision and ethics are aligned with our tribe, with people who are consciously supporting community and want to make a difference in our world and make it a better place for us. Lit Verified products are ethically sourced and meet the highest industry standards. When purchasing Lit Verified products, we give back by creating sustainability and by leading the world to make better choices. You can be confident that you're buying into a company that supports a vision for change, not just a company that wants to line their pockets with money. We live in a time where we are oversaturated by commercials, TV, and social media, where far too many celebrities and influencers are endorsing things they know nothing about and things they might be doing damage to people, to the earth, and to animals. With Lit Verified, we've taken that doubt out of the equation. You're not only getting the best, but you're also doing the best. Pick up your awesome Lit Verified items at shamanduric.com and click on the link that takes you to Lit Verified. Love well, tribe. All right, tribe. Time to hear from our special guest. Uh, hello, everyone. This is Shaman Durek with Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And, you know, we are at a time right now in our lives where we are about shifting the energy through consciousness and through awareness of how we interact with each other and how we interact with ourselves. And one of the reasons why I really love bringing on amazing guests onto Ancient Wisdom Today podcast is because we get to see different perspectives and share in the wisdom and beauty of other people in their journey and what they bring to the tribe. And so I'm super excited to have an amazing brother, a longtime friend that I've known for a very long time. So it's it's, a, it's really a reunion, just so you know, everyone. Cute uh, Blackson is a beloved inspirational speaker and transformational teacher. And he speaks at countless events. And one time I was at an event, I think he threw a banana at my head. I wasn't quite sure, but I believe that there was like people were jumping up and down and you threw a banana. I, I, I just remember it was so cool and someone caught the banana and I was like, I wanted that banana. <laughs> and it was so cool. But the energy and the enthusiasm and the leadership that you bring to the planet and just the awareness that you create within people and really bringing them to an understanding of who they are and how they can bring that transformational leadership into the world. I think that's such a beautiful thing. And I'm so honored to have you here on Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Thank you, brother. Uh, thanks for having me. I feel the welcome. I feel the love. So it's great to just wrap with you and be with you and reconnect. Absolutely. So I wanted to ask you, like, why did you write the Magic of Surrender book? And what inspired you to do that? Like, what was the thing that made you feel like this book has to be in this world at this time? It's interesting. Um, you know, honestly, it, it wasn't the book I, I wanted to write. It wasn't the book I thought I was going to write. Uh, truth be told, I had my own uh, Coots clever plan of the book I thought I should write, the book I thought 
was going to be a bestseller, right? The book I thought would make New York Times, the book I thought would maybe get my work out there more, um, the book I thought publishers would want. And I literally sat down with a whiteboard, strategizing with my, with my clever mind, I, so I thought, um, all sorts of ideas and angles. And, you know, there's all these books now, like the, the, the magical art of tidying up shit that sold a million copies, 15 million really? copies, you know, a billion copies, wow. right? There's, there's all these other books. And I, so I thought, okay, let me come up with something interesting. And I maybe a hundred ideas of clever topics. And the truth is none of them, none of them felt real. And none of them felt true. And I couldn't look, let's say on this podcast, I would not be able to look you in the eyes as a brother and say, this is my book with integrity and alignment because they all felt fake and a gimmick. And so the only word that stood out on this whiteboard that I wrote was the word surrender. And then I thought, oh, shit, I mean, I, I don't know about writing a book about surrender because you know, we know we should do it. We know it's the thing to do. We sense it. But for some reason, as human beings, and we can get into that, we, we, we resist it, you know? And, and, and so I had to go through a process of surrendering to the book about surrender. And I felt truly, if I was to be really honest with myself and no BS, this was the book that was seeking to be written. This was the book that had a soul of its own. There was Coote's intention, but this was the energy that was seeking to come through. And if I was, I could resist that and, and, and write something else and maybe it would be okay, but it wasn't in alignment. And so when I really just surrendered to that, it, it was as though everything unfolded, you know, the agent, the publisher, everything unfolded. And so what I didn't realize is a few years before that, I would say the seed of the book was planted, where in 2016, the end of 2016, um, I was on a high on my first book, being a bestseller and traveling. And, you know, life has a way of freaking humbling you. And so, it does. It does. especially when you're at your highest moment, right? And, oh, and, yeah. and thinking... Yeah, I, 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 I created all of this. And, yeah. and life says, wait, let's, let's take a moment. And so I get this phone call um, literally hours after I did the Larry King in, this Larry King interview. And I'm on a high thinking, you know, I'm, 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 I've done good. And this phone call was basically from my father telling me my mother had cancer and mm. I needed to call her. And my mother was my everything. She was my best friend. She was my caretaker. She was the love of my life. She, I know love, true, pure love because of this woman. And so we were very close. So to hear this news shook me to my core. And I called my mother. She was living in London and she confirmed. So I basically start, started to fly back and forth from LA to London every month for a week to just be with her. her she decided to do chemo. So during her chemo sessions, we would sit and be together and take care of her and just, just be with her. And so what started off as the worst year of my life honestly turned out to be the best year of my life. And I got to spend an incredible amount of time with my mother. And the thing I, I went into this um, year with the intention of, 
I'm going to heal my mother with my healing techniques and green powders and supplements and, and all of my agenda. And I, I soon realized that I, I don't think she's got, I think she, she has a different journey because she was on her own trip. She wasn't taking any of, of my advice. She was just dancing to her own tune. And so right. I had to start the process of surrendering and honoring her soul's journey and allowing her her process. And so about six months into the journey, and I think this is where the seed of the book was planted, the doctor said, look, there's nothing else we can do for you. And so, you know, get your affairs in order. And my heart cracked open and I looked my mother in the eyes and, you know, she's a little Japanese woman, right? And, mm -hmm. and I look her in the eyes and I say to her two things, are you afraid? And she looks me in the eyes and she says, without a flinch, she says, no, I'm not afraid because I know I'm not this body. And when, when this body dies, I will be with you and I will always be present mm -hmm. from the other side. So I'm not afraid. This body is just a temporary vehicle that my soul is using in this incarnation. Mm -hmm. And I felt, I felt that transmission, you know? And then I said to her, wanting to be a good son, like, is there anything I can do for you to make your final days easier? What do you need? What do you want? And I think this was the moment that I didn't realize in the moment. And she said, there's nothing I want and there's nothing I need. The only thing I want, the only thing I, the only thing I want is what God wants for my life. Nothing else. And in that moment, it shook me again. And I realized that she was totally surrendered. I mean, completely surrendered. She wasn't attached to living. She wasn't attached to dying. She was just fully open to the highest unfolding for her soul's journey. And she was fully available to that. And she was free. During this year, man, she, she really didn't cry. She wasn't angry. She was just in peace. And I understood that. And so here I am looking at the whiteboard flashing back to all of the teachings from my mother during this year where I didn't know that I was being taught in real life, in, in the face of death, in the face of pain, in the face of heartbreak, you know? And, and so that's when I saw that, wow, I think that surrender is a password to freedom. Surrender is the real key to, if you look at the great ones, you know, Jesus, Buddha, Mother Teresa, I had a flashback of all these people, Jesus, Buddha, Mother Teresa, Gandhi, Mandela, you know, Malala, like at, at some point, they all surrendered themselves to, to the divine, to life, to, 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 to the flow, to the deepest impulse of what their soul was seeking to unfold. And in that surrender, they were able to transcend, they were able to go beyond their own human limitations they're on human restrictions and they tap into another dimension of their spirit another dimension of themselves that and that's when i think life used them and manifested through them and so that's really what essentially inspired the book and uh and so i had to go through a process of surrendering to to the book that was seeking to be written mm -hmm. I mean, that's really poignant. And I just want to hold space right now for your, for you, for your mother. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Bro. You know, it's interesting because 
that's something that has been very strong for me in this past year. Um, you know, I always, since I was a kid being chosen as a shaman and always being, you know, having battles with it and then going out into the world and then, you know, believing that I have this mission and this, in this path. And then spirit came to me one day mm. and said, you don't have a mission. You don't have a path. <laughs> and it just really struck me really hard because I had these plans for everything that I was going to do. And then it just was this awakening of, I don't have a mission. I don't have a path. I'm creating that. That's not from spirit. This, I'm here to, to witness, mm. to, to play, to um, inspire, to share, to love and create. And I don't need to live my life by the satisfaction or the expectation or obligation that others place upon me. If I want to do something, even just being here with you, it's because I choose to, not because I have to. Mm. And what that did was it took me to another level of surrender. Mm. Um, and so I, I feel like all human suffering, because even just what you're talking about, your mother, I mean, oh my God. I mean, it's such a beautiful story. Just... And just the time that you got to spend and, you know, yeah. and I know Kut, who you are and what you do in the world. And, you know, and it takes a lot of energy. I know for myself, yeah. it takes a lot of energy, the back and forth traveling, the meeting people, the speaking on stage, the, you know, going on people's podcasts, doing all these things, writing books, keeping up all these things, because if you mm -hmm. stop, mm -hmm. you know, we have this feeling that it might all just fall apart. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And so it's so beautiful because I think your message um, mm. in your book and what you're, what you're bringing right now mm -hmm. is a key element for people to really get out of that, um, that hustle energy that's yes. like completely destroying the health and wellness community of everybody feeling like they have to meet these expectations mm -hmm that other people are meeting. Everyone has to do hot, uh, cold plunges. Everybody has to do this. Right, and it, right. You know what I mean, right? <laughs> so I wanna know your thoughts about that. I wanna know what you think right now. You look at the world, you yeah. see the health and wellness world, you see the spiritual mm. world. Everyone's gotta mm. do ayahuasca. Everyone's gotta do mm. cold plunges. Mm. Everyone's gotta do all these things because if they don't do them, then they're not accepted in social groups and they're not valued as spiritual people. Ooh, ooh. What are your thoughts? You know, I think, I think there's a misconception, you know, and, and, and a limitation. Ultimately, it's, it's, we could say it's ego that feels the need to be in constant busyness, constant doingness, constant activity. And so in an effort to be one's best self, get enlightened, the ego is kind of hijacked things and is constantly doing. And, and so I think you know, ego is that process of activity and ego is that process of what we believe ourselves to be or identify as. And the job of the ego is to constantly reinforce its existence. And part of how we constantly reinforce its existence is doing, 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 working, 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 being busy, busy, busy. If it's not that, then 
another cold plunge, another ayahuasca journey, another cold plunge, another weekend, another thing, another therapy. And so <laughs> that constant, that is, you know, one of the sneakiest places that I think ego, um, and ego is not bad, but one of the sneakiest places that ego can hide is in spirituality, is in spiritual practice, because all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I'm doing something positive, but but I think the last hiding place of ego is in spiritual doingness, you know, and that's the sneakiest place. And so it, it, it's like the ego resisting death by doing more, thinking that if I if I do more, I'm going to become myself. I'm going to become enlightened. I'm going to the truth is you can't become what you already are. You know, you already are spirit, you already are divine beingness. And so there's this idea that ego feels it's the doer and that need to constantly do is, is, is the activity of ego, you know? And, and so I think we have to be aware of that, you know? We have to observe that. Like even the, the idea in the world that if we achieve that thing, that we work hard for, hustle for, the card, the house, the status, the fame, the, you know, number one, this, then I'm going to be happy. Like happiness lies in objective experience. <laughs> and so what we do is we seek, we, we work harder, we hustle more, we seek more, we do more, which exhausts us, we hustle more. And, and so what happens is when we achieve the thing, the thing, for a moment, we're happy. Or for a moment, it seems like we're happy. But what we don't realize is it's not the thing that makes us happy. It, it, we mistakenly think that. What, what, what actually happens, at least in my observation, is for a moment, the cessation of activity when we achieve that thing, it's the cessation that allows us in that brief moment to relax into what's already there. Mm -hmm. It's the cessation of ego's constant activity that allows us to relax into what's already there. And so I think ego, we're, the more we're identified with ourselves as ego, name, body, mind, form, conditioning, the, the, the more afraid we are to not do, the more we think we're the doer, the more afraid we are to just be because ego from that place, there's this perception that if I don't do, and if I'm not constantly making things happen and acting, then it won't happen and I'm going to die. And so I feel that that, that is part of what is driving things, even in the spiritual you know, uh, path, practice, scene. And uh, I think we've lost touch with the deep connection, the already always connection to that innate intelligence that is what we are there is an innate intelligence that we are we are that you know you cut your finger you don't have to do anything so do like 77 breath techniques to you know, heal your finger that, that there's an innate intelligence that if we just rest and hold the space you don't even have to be spiritual you could be pablo escobar there's an innate intelligence that knows how to heal it knows what to do to bring us in harmony if we can just be with that you know and so i think we've lost touch with the connection with that 
innate intelligence that we are, you know, because we've gotten so conditioned in, in so many ways. Yeah, you know, I, I, and everything you're saying is exactly what people need to hear right now, because I feel like, you know, we are here to, to <laughs> part the clouds, to create this awakening for consciousness, right? For where consciousness has been and where consciousness can go and so forth. And in that process, there is this great um, humility that we have to go through, that we keep building and then going through humility, which teaches us deeper, profound understandings of wisdom, which I think is beautiful, right? And so people are seeking that level of wisdom so that they can be able to handle the constructs of this planet and all of the many intricate uh, things that are happening on so many levels. I mean, you have politics, you have, yeah. you know, uh, you know, women issues. I mean, you, you, you know, you know. So how does one surrender when they feel bombarded by all of these different energies and frequencies and things that are happening in the world and they're wanting to just take care of their kids, maintain their lives, you know, be able to create something that makes them feel good. But the bombardment of this energy has been really difficult for a lot of people. How do they surrender in that? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I can only share part of my path, really, as well. And one of the things I've had to do is, firstly, just on a technical level, like unplug myself from the um, constant bombardment of uh, hypnotic media that is <laughs> that has no interest in you being surrendered, that has no interest in you being free, that has no interest in you knowing who you are. And so one of the things I've done is really just unplug myself from the, the media that is constantly hypnotizing, seducing and programming you to, you know, distract you to forget who you are, like, you're not enough, you're not enough, you're not enough, you're not enough, the world is going to shit, everything is bad, everything is negative, live in fear, live in fear, live in fear, because you live in fear, you're not going to surrender, you're going to be in anxiety, you're going to do stupid things. And then the, 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 the TikTok kind of cycle continues on the hamster wheel. And so I think if we can just start ourselves, and taking our focus off of what's out here and going inside. For me, that's one just technical step that has really helped. Just to begin being still, begin listening to not what's out here and what the world is saying, what everything and everyone else is saying, but listening to my soul, listening to a deeper truth of what I feel, what I sense, what I know, because I think there is a part of us at the deepest level that knows everything there's a part of us at the deepest level that knows everything because I think at that level, we are connect, we are everything. At that, mm -hmm. and, and so I think the more we can bring our focus back into that and listen to our soul, to ourself, to the nudgings of the universe that is always guiding us if we just put our attention there and listen, then I think that that can stop the shift. That, that's one thing. And so I would say unplug. The other thing that I've that has helped me is, um, and I'm curious your perspective. But one thing that's helped me is is accepting the nature of the 3D, this 3D world. 
That's exactly and what I do. Do you know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's like, there is no, what I've had to really surrender to that has enabled me in a strange way to be freer in this world and not resist this world. Because in so many ways, we're constantly resisting what is, what should be, we're resisting the government, we're resisting the president, we're resisting the prime minister, we're resisting, you know, politics, we're resisting how, how our parents are. And so what I've had to really surrender to is there is no perfection in this 3D world. Mm -hmm. The 3D world is a realm of interdependent polaric opposites. Yeah, That's the nature absolutely. of life, right? And yep. it, it, it's, not, it's not like a utopia land in this dimension. And not I don't think all. we incarnated into this dimension to have like an infinite utopia. That, that dimension of infinite utopia is it, at that transcendental depth of our being that is always free. It's within us. The kingdom of heaven is within. But Absolutely. in this dimension, right, this is the realm of the interdependent polaric opposites, plus, minus, yin, yang, black, white, up, down, good, good bad, positive, negative, you know, rich, poor, it's physics, it's the Tao. And yeah. part of it is we, we are projecting onto this reality that sort of spiritual dimension that is transcendental, that is free, that is pure bliss, consciousness, but in this dimension, is physics. And I think when we can come into total acceptance of this 3D realm of, you could say, limitation, then we understand that partly I think we're here and we stop resisting it. Like it shouldn't be this way. It shouldn't be that way. It, should, well, it is. And when we can bring ourselves into relationship with the Tao of what is in this dimension, it frees us up, it moves us out of constantly resisting. And to me, that's, that's a part of surrender. That's a part of freedom. Then I think it frees us up to be able to flow and navigate in this, you know, 3D reality uh, and, and, and not expect us, even, even on, you talked about the spirituality, even on a spiritual level, I've been guilty of this. I see many folks guilty, not guilty of this, but, but I see many folks caught in this pattern of like, if I do another ayahuasca journey, if I do more therapy, then I'm going to like heal myself to the point of like being perfect. There's no perfection <laughs> at the level of the personality, you know? And I so I think when we can embrace the imperfection of the personality and play with it as a, you know, beautiful artwork expression, knowing that, when it's not it's not who i am it's not the i amness of what i am but 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 light can express through the prism of the personality of you know shaman durek of coop blackson and and so there's a tremendous freedom when we can just surrender and accept the nature of duality in this three dimension and embrace it and enjoy it and see the movie that it is you know and play in the movie that it is without the constant resistance. I am hundred percent. You know, and, and then just just to kind of I just triggered one thing. Then I think we can, from that place of freedom and acceptance, then I think we're able to go into the world, not from a place of like anger, like it shouldn't be this way, or againstness that shouldn't be that way on that person's wrong. Then we're able to go into the world from a place of like embrace and acceptance of it is what it is. And I'm going to bring my 
contribution to the situation. And I'm going to bring my contribution to this person. And I'm going to bring my contribution to the field of politics. But we're not bringing againstness or hatred or anger or, you know, resistance to the experience. Yes. You know, and I'm glad that you're saying that because one of the things for me and one of the things that helps me to be able to understand and be who I am on this planet Mm -hmm. is I always have this thing that I say, it is what it is. It is what it is. When you were beaten as a child and your mom left you and you were, you know, you went through all this pain and you did, you know, and I'm like, it is what it is. This planet is not about me coming here and having this perfect, pain-free, nothing bad's going to happen, nothing, you know, this whole idea of me casting my my Mm -hmm. idea of what is good and what is bad based upon what I'm experiencing, Mm -hmm. you know, like for me, Mm -hmm. it's about the experience and it's about the experience and then what choices I make in those experiences and, and letting things be like, I'm not, you know, a lot of times healers and spiritual people, they have this idea they're going to change the world, you know, <laughs> and I'm just comfortable letting people, if people want to have war and that's where they're at in their evolution, you know, then that's what they choose to do. Yeah. It, it, I, I can either, you know, contribute to it or not contribute to it. I get to decide. And a lot of times what I see in the spiritual community is people saying, oh, but you are, you know, you're, you're turning mm. your face away from mm. what's happening. You're, you know, uh, uh, what is it uh, that I hear people say the most is that you are, you know, not uh, participating and that makes it even worse. And mm. I honestly think from my perspective but i want to hear yours on that yeah yeah i love we it. have a right to choose yeah Look, bro, on that? i think everyone i love what you say i love where this conversation is going by the way brother and because <laughs> uh, i don't think these conversations happen enough you know and and so i think everyone has a i think everyone has a different process and path in this human experience you know and Everyone has a right to have their own experience, whatever that is. And, and, you know, in terms of changing the world, in many ways, if you're full of anger and full of hate at your, you know, at your ex, at your grandfather, at your mother, and then you go to the world to bring peace, then I... I think you're just kind of perpetuating that energy. And I see a lot of people marching for peace, but they're like, you know, they're angry and resentful at their ex and, 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 and their sister and their brother. And, and so to me, the world on some level is a collective, at least when I look at the world and I see what's happening, right? The world is a collective projection, energetic manifestation of the totality of all of our consciousness combined. It's a yeah. movie. And, and so there is no world out here. You know, Trump, Biden, you know, uh, 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 Putin, Mother Teresa, you know, oh, the whole world is a projection, a manifestation, mirror manifestation of all of our consciousness combined, the leaders, everything we see is a projection of the totality of ourselves. There's no world out here. We're in relationship with ourselves. And so I think rather than just going out to try to change the mirror out here, if we really, 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 let's just say, no, Shaman, 
we want to change the world. I think if we really want to change the world, the best thing that we can all do, truly, if there's something to do, is to stop trying to change the world and shift our own internal, mental, emotional psychology and, yes. and, and heal those parts of ourselves. Because you talk about war, yeah, there's war happening out here. It's part, to me, it's part of the Tao. It's part mm-hmm. of the physics of this dimension. Mm-hmm. However, how many of us have such a war going on inside of our own consciousness? We are dropping bombs of self-hatred every day inside of our own hearts. You know, we are abusing ourselves every day with criticism and judgment within ourselves. And I think if we can turn inside and look inside and start bringing the loving and just the compassion to those parts of ourselves that are hurting and begin to heal those parts of ourselves and those lost parts of ourselves, then I think as we heal, the energy on the planet will shift and that will impact the world, you know, in some way, vibrationally, for sure. But I think, I think everyone has their own path and their own journey. And <clears throat> if someone wants to be vegetarian, that's their path. If someone wants to be vegan, that's their path. You know, to me, it, it's, it's the, the world is the manifestation of consciousness unfolding. And consciousness that is just seeking to experience itself in different shades and colors and flavors, you know. So, at that sense, it is what it is, <laughs> as you said. Mm-hmm. You know? it, it, yeah, I want to talk to you. Uh, I want to go into that a little bit more because, um, like, one of the things that comes up for me is this whole idea of righteous projection, right? Mm-hmm. And so based on what you said, right, there is this beautiful kaleidoscope of everyone mm-hmm. projecting and expressing different points of view through consciousness and through their emotional intelligence and through their mental physics. And yet there is this the, this definition of energy that is trapping or making wrong for someone's kaleidoscope energy that's different from theirs. maybe theirs is orange and another person's is purple it's that 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 righteous projection it's the idea that because i'm experiencing being a vegan um and it works for me then it needs to work for you and you Mm. need to do this because this is what you need to do because i'm doing it and now i'm going to take this very righteous projection Mm. so i'm going to project out into the world my righteousness about what I believe spiritually or what I believe about food or what I believe about, about race or what I believe about this. And I think that creates the chaos inside the doubt. Right. For sure. And I want to hear your thoughts about that because I feel like right now there's all these people projecting their righteousness in their projection instead of just sharing and then letting people decide what they want to eat from the table. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think the righteousness comes from the, the, the um, identification to one's ego, which then just creates that sense of separation. And that righteousness is a way that our egos reinforce its sense of separation, being superior, being special, being separate, being, you know, and the ego is constantly reinforcing itself. So it has to find some way of reinforcing itself. I'm vegan, you're a meat eater, so I'm right, you're wrong. Separation, you know? And, and so mm. 
that 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 Rubik's cube of egoic identity that we've gotten so wrapped into continues and manifests in different ways, you know. And so, I just I, I always my philosophy more and more is I don't tell people what to do. Um, I just you know I think the best way to talk about humility. I think I've 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 become a bit more humble, a little bit more humble in the in the years, because I feel like shit, man. The deeper I go, the less I know. Exactly. And the deeper I go, I don't know the things I thought were right and the things I thought were wrong. Everything's got flipped upside down, and yes. right and wrong, good and bad, are also structured in the perspective of the level of consciousness that we are in in a particular moment. And things mm. we thought we were right that were right at a at age five or a certain yeah. level of consciousness. Now we're 17 or 70. We're like, maybe that wasn't right anymore, but That's we right. thought it was right. And, and so um, I, I think there's a humility that comes from saying, look, I, I don't know, but this is what works for me. You know, this, this is what works for me. And I think the more we can live it and be it, then we have to speak and project less because then our life becomes a living embodiment mm -hmm. of your own experience and teaching and what you believe. And, right. and I think that when, when your life becomes that embodiment, the inspirational, alive, vibrant expression, then you don't have to say anything. People will come to you and say, hey, shaman, brother, you seem happy, man. You see, what are you doing? Oh, I'm vegan. Oh, you know, I eat caterpillars. Oh, I, you know, whatever it is. Interesting, you know? And, and, and I think for me, it's just become more about just living, just living. You know, I, you know what's interesting I'm actually becoming less interested in spirituality. Uh -huh. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? It's like less interested in this is spiritual. Yes. This is not spiritual. That's right. You're spiritual. Mm -hmm. This person isn't spiritual. I'm spiritual. You're not spiritual because we're like talking about Kundalini and you're not versus just Every moment really is sacred. Every moment is a spiritual moment. Every moment is a manifestation of spirit, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and, and whether you're changing the diapers, making love to one's partner, having a cup of coffee, it, it's, it's like, it's all that, you know? Um, and so I think this whole idea of spirituality and enlightenment as something so uh, exotic, so special, so exotic, it's so holy, it's so, you know, you got to wear the right things and the malas and the this and the, 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 it's better than, it's so sacred. I think that has to drop because I think enlightenment, spirituality is ordinary. But the ego doesn't want it to be ordinary because the ego wants to feel special and create more separation. 
And even the ego inside of spirituality, I've seen, I've been guilty of it, creates separation of, oh, I'm spiritual, you're not. And so I think mm -hmm. the identity of spirituality has to just drop away because being awakened, being spiritual is actually the most ordinary thing. Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's like, how special is it to just, how exotic is it just to be yourself? It's just freaking normal. You know, it, it's nothing exotic. And so I think we're moving into an age, at least this is what I sense, see as a possibility, where spirituality is less about the holy chants, the sacred texts, going to India, all the things I've done, wearing the right clothes, you know, the right things and, and incense. It's just about living with integrity. Yeah. And speaking truth and doing what you say and honoring your word and being kind, you know, and showing up on time and loving and treating those around you with compassion. It's like, that's freaking spiritual, man, you know, versus doing 17 ayahuasca journeys and, you know, you know some crazy old pineal gland meditation, but... <laughs> You're cheating on your wife, you know, or, or you're abusing your kid, you know, verbally. Yeah. And so I think spirituality has to be every moment. And I think that's the invitation. And maybe that's kind of with, with the last few years is sort of like the planetary shift of breaking us down in a certain way to how can we live spirituality just in every moment? you know, mm -hmm. in, in a conversation, in just a look, in a hello, in a greeting, in a, in, a, in, a, in a way of dissolving separation between us as human beings. Mm -hmm. I love that you said that because, you know, one of the things I always say to everyone is that spirituality isn't anything that you do. Spirituality, it just means that you choose to evolve. Mm -hmm. And evolution is happening all the time, even if you choose to or not. So you're already a spiritual being. So I, you know, I find that one of the things that I, you know, and I want to go into this with you is that people will utilize the conflict and the supposed chaos because they're not mm -hmm. seeing it from that state that you're seeing it or from what I'm seeing, they're still seeing it as an attack upon themselves and what's going on in the world. But I feel also that people are using that as an excuse to be able to limit themselves and hold themselves back because the world is crazy. And so what's the point of me going out there and doing anything, right? And I wanna know your thought about that, um, that theory. Yeah, the world is crazy. <laughs> and the world has always been crazy. It's, it's, it's up and down, but I think we, you know, I, I like to say, like, stop waiting for the world to become still mm. and stop wait, stop praying for the waves to become easier. If anything, just evolve and expand your capacity to to surf the waves, because there's always, bro, there's always going to be waves, man. It's the nature of the ocean. Mm. We go into the ocean and it's up and it's down and it's quiet and it's not. And, and it just... It just is what it is. This is the nature of the ocean. And if you look at the, the really big wave surfers, like Laird Hamilton and, and Kelly Slater, the better they get, the bigger waves they surf. 
they, they don't look for the small waves. They, they actually look for the big waves. The big waves look for them. And so I think if we accept the nature of the ocean, we stop waiting for the ocean. And I think many of us were like waiting for the ocean to get smaller. We're, 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 we're trying to control the waves and we can't. And, and I think when we can just embrace that and accept that and we give up waiting, then we're able to use the world. We're able to play in the world, engage in the world, I think in a whole different way. For me, I think in our cultures, there's this different, and this may be what puts some pressure. There's a definition like success is you attain the goal. Nothing wrong with that. I think it's great. Success is the degree to which you attain the goal, how much of it that you attain. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think as souls, we incarnate in order to experience. We incarnate, you mentioned spirituality is evolution. We're here to evolve. And I think if we really embrace that we're souls and the process of life is to evolve, is to grow, is to learn, is to realize who and what we truly are and experience that through this world, then no matter what the world does, no matter what's happening in the world, whether it's up, whether it's down, whether it's left, whether it's right, whether it goes our way, whether it doesn't go our way, the focus becomes the evolution. Whether we attain it or whether we don't, the focus becomes the evolution. And so moving in the direction, going in the direction, taking action and not waiting in the direction that we feel called, it doesn't matter whether we get there or where we think there is or not. What matters is, are we learning and are we growing and are we evolving? Are we learning the lessons for what we're seeking to learn through that experience? And I think when, when our focus is there, then you cannot lose no matter what happens. You cannot lose. Ah, just want to give a pause for that because that's some poignant words right there, very potent and very needed. And just want to hold that space right now for that because there's so many people right now who just all I hear them say all the time mm. is why am I here, Shaman Derek? What is my purpose, Shaman Derek? Mm. When you think about that, Evolution, man. It's evolution. Right? People are looking for a purpose. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's evolution. Right? Yeah. You know, I think if we're souls, we incarnate into this human experience in order to learn to go to evolve. That means, like, metaphorically, life is the university, the playground for our soul's evolution. So in that sense... Every relationship, every experience, everything that is going on is part of the curriculum, the, the play field for the evolutionary process. So in that sense, every moment is a potentially evolutionary moment. Every moment then is your purpose. Every moment, whether you... And so it's not so much about what you're doing, whether you're a healer or whether you're a mechanic or whether you're a grocery store person or whether you're a race car driver, like it doesn't matter what you're doing. Every moment is potentially your purpose. So long as you're, you're evolving and growing and learning and realizing more of what's true for you. And so 
there's never a moment that's not your purpose so long as you are growing and evolving. You know, that's what I would say. And in terms of someone that says, but, but what about on a personal level? How, how do I find the, the physicalized expression? I would just invite people, like, you don't have to know what it is that you are technically here to do as in job, that's a job, that's the way that your soul expresses. You don't have to know, but there's something inside of you that knows. Like you don't have to know where you're going to get to where you need to be, but I would just invite people to just move in the direction of the deepest nudging, move in the direction of the deepest kind of intuition, pulling, calling, because if you go in that direction and you take a step and it's authentic, like, yeah, something true is guiding me here. You take a step. I have found that life will reveal to you in the process of living the next step. Then you take another step. Life reveals to you. You may have no clue. Life reveals to you the next step. And then you take another step. Life reveals to you the next step. And so you will often find that you end up living into the expression. You live, it, you live into the, the form of what may be your highest you know, expression in this lifetime. But it won't be, if you live in that way, it won't be created from the level of your logic or your mind. It's being created from a deeper dimension of your own beingness because you're not projecting onto it from a strategic place. Ah, this is what I should be doing. You're in the, the openness. To me, that's part of surrender is the willingness to allow life to show you, allow life to lead you, allow life to guide you. You're, 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 you're in the availability and openness of, of life. And many times when we create or we try to manifest what we're here to do from the level of mind, the level of identity, the level of con which is conditioned, we're creating from the past and we end up projecting onto the moment based on our past references. But when we say, you know, I don't know, but I'm fully available, and we take that step, the creation happens from a, an infinite place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, I call that the unknown, the space of the unknown, which is where all of the, the magic. intelligence is waiting to sh demonstrate. You know, for me, I always say, like, our world has been projected with the idea of God or the idea of source or the <clears throat> idea of what that, what that is as according to systems that have already put in place the identity, the behavior, what happens to you, the structure and all these things. And for me, what I always say is that you're here to create God mm. through your participation. So you're not God is not something that's being directed at you from any yep. organization or system, but you're creating God through every moment you take a, a chance to play and mm -hmm. go into what you're talking about right there. And I, I really think that's really important. And I really want to um, just go into that space because I just want you to, I just want to reiterate it so that people can really hear. So what you're saying is to all the people in the world who are saying, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? What is my path? What's going to bring me money? It's not about them going to the whiteboard and putting out a think map. It's about them acknowledging that everything that they're doing is a part of that journey and that expression. Yes. And feeling the authentic impulse, you know, the, 
energy, the impulse, and, 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 and following that. Because that impulse, that energy is intelligent. Maybe not logical, but it's, there's an intelligence, encoded as an intelligence. And I think if we follow that, life gets revealed. What's mm -hmm. next gets revealed. And you will often end up finding that, wow, now you take a step, take another step, take another step, then you're all of a sudden, you're living into, you're creating into, living into what you're supposed to do. But it may not end up being what you thought it was from the start line, from that whiteboard. It might be completely different. Like, wow, this is not what I had planned back then because the planning was coming from, from the mind. I have to say, this has been a wonderful conversation I've had with you, uh, Kut, and it's been an honor to have you on Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And how can people get in touch with you? Um, how can people be able to be enriched by the sharings that you bring to the world? Uh, can you let everyone know? Thank you, brother. I've enjoyed it. It's been a fun, amazing conversation. That's how it's uh, supposed to be. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just a couple of ways. My book, The Magic of Surrender on Amazon. Um, Coot Blackson, my website, K-U-T-E Blackson. Uh, find me there. Also Instagram and Coot Blackson and Facebook, Coot Love Now. Wonderful, as we say in Norwegian, fantastisk. Yeah. I'm very, 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 very happy. And thank you so much. And Tribe, this has been a great conversation. And I know that these seeds are, you have taken them and you are honoring them with love and seeing the bounty and the spirit that they will bring to you by really, you know, even if you have to listen to this again and again, just to really nurture yourself into that devotion with the information that Coot has shared with us today. And also please do go and get his book check out his website, get involved with this powerful man. And I love you so much. And thank you again. I'm honored and grateful. Yay. Thank you so much for tuning in to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Tribe, I love you all so much. And if you want to stay connected, be sure to check me out on IG at Shaman Durek. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please visit shamandurek.com or contact info at shamandurek.com to learn more. And remember, tribe, no matter what, stay lit.